glad you're here this morning. And uh, if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to talk to us this morning uh, and ask questions. Are you up for his coming season? Uh, next uh, Sunday begins the, the four Sundays before Christmas. Uh, because Christmas is on a Monday this year, so we've got uh, Christmas Eve and then the other three Sundays in December. And so we'll celebrate Jesus' first coming. I'm glad to know that Jesus came, born of a virgin, and lived a perfect, sinless life. And that's what the meaning of Christmas is. That's what the story of Christmas is all about. Not about presents and parties and Santas and all those kind of things. But it's about God so loving the world that he gave the greatest gift the world would ever receive. And that's good news. But here's also some more good news. Is that just as Jesus promised that he was coming the first time, and he did, he promised he was coming again. And so I want to challenge us this last Sunday of November uh, to celebrate the second coming of Christ. Because, you see, that first coming set in motion, but the second coming is bringing the story to a conclusion. Uh, And so Paul addresses uh, the church at Thessalonica and says, listen, if if you want to be ready for that day, there's some things that you need to do. And so we need to be ready. Uh, Jesus said, nobody knows the day or the hour, but be ready. And so we want to take a look, beginning in verse uh, 1 of 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. Paul says this, he says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day, and we are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, and that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. And so, what a great reminder that Paul gives us of some very important truths uh, for us as God's people. And so, there's uh, four things that we're going to talk about this morning. Paul says, listen, if you're going to be ready, there's four things you have to do. And the first of those four things is wake up. Get up. Be alert. And that really is what Paul's admonition, he says, listen, uh, friend, 
uh, you're not of the darkness, you're of the day. Um, so, you know, it, no, be alert, be on guard, be ready. And he gives that admonition a couple times in these few verses. Boy, you know what would have happened, you know, uh, Thursday if, you know, we had Thanksgiving. You know, what if nobody got up Thursday morning to put that rascally bird in the oven? What if, worse yet, somebody forgot to take the turkey out of the freezer? And so that bird was frozen. My goodness. There'd be trouble. And if you're like me, you could probably do without the turkey. Yeah, turkey is is okay. I really usually only want it about one time a year, and I'm good. Uh, But anyway, but you know what? You've got to have the green bean casserole. And, you know, those sides that you really only eat at Thanksgiving time with turkey. But that's not even the best part. The best part is those pies. The chocolate pie, and the pumpkin pie, and the sweet potato pie. Oh, my stars. But you know what had to happen? Somebody had to get up and make those, or go to the store and buy them. And for you to enjoy them, guess what? You had to be awake. And I tell you, I'm afraid there may be some of God's children that miss the Lord's second coming because they're asleep because they're busy doing other things, because they just don't seem to give a darn. They don't care about the things of God, and they're not alert. And so we miss it. And so Paul says, first of all, if you're going to be ready for Jesus' second coming, you better be awake. You better be alert. Be watching for it. Understand that it's not time to be taking a nap. In our uh, spiritually, he's talking about you know that we're uh, supposed to be busy about the things of God and doing the things that God has asked us to do. Not be slumbering. Not be say, well, I'll let somebody else do it, or well, I'll do that later. Because if we wait till later, we just might miss it. And so Paul says, make sure you wake up. Get yourself up. But then he says, you better clean up. Now we all know if you show up to mama's table dirty, what's she going to say? She's going to say, you ain't eating, you go wash your hands first. Paul says, listen, don't show up to the table dirty. He says, listen, you be sober. Be in the the right mind. Be not doing things that you shouldn't be doing and things that dishonor the Lord, but rather do things that honor God. For you are not of darkness, you're of light. So I say, you're not doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Understand, you use, you're not that way. That your life is different. Now understand this, Paul does not understand, tell us that 
if we're a Christian that we're perfect. We're not. But what he is saying, if you're going to be a child of God and you're going to live in the light as he is in the light, you better clean yourself up. And here's the thing, you can't clean yourself up. The only way you can clean, to get clean is by coming to God and letting him do it. But here's the thing. He will if we'll let him. You think, man, I'm just too dirty. How sad it would have been if we, you know, we, decided, we stayed away from a family on Thursday and said, well, I'm just too dirty. I just don't want to go. We would have missed it. Not only the good food, but being around family and loved ones. We would have missed it. And none of you just halfway cleaned. You probably got in the bath and you actually used soap and you know, stood under the water. Uh, and, and made sure you took the washcloth or the scrunch, you know, and rubbed real good, got all that dirt off, so that you were clean because company was probably coming. And you knew you had to be ready. Well, if you take a bath and get clean and presentable when the grandkids come or grandma and grandpa come over, you need to be much more clean than spiffied up when the king of kings and lord of lords come showing up. That there's one that's even more important coming to call for you, and you need to be ready. And so be clean. Let the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse you. That's the only thing that can do it. But then here's the thing. Once we're clean, and we're ready for lunch, we don't go out and play in the dirt. All the kid, If you had kids, or if you are kids, what did, what did mom say? You got those good clothes on you. Don't you dare go outside. Don't you dare get dirty. They wanted you clean for lunch and for pictures, and then after you ate, they you know they wanted you gone. Go go play outside and get those good clothes dirty. But they wanted you clean, didn't they? They wanted you to stay that way. And so Paul says, if you're going to stay clean, if Jesus is going to clean you, he will, if you'll let him. But then Paul said, for heaven's sake, stay clean. If you're going to stay clean, it means stay out of the dirt. Well, what does that mean for us spiritually? That means stay away from unspiritual, ungodly things. If you're not around those things, you don't have to worry about getting involved in them. And so Paul says, wake up and clean up. And then he thirdly says, dress up. None of you showed up Thursday or whenever you had your family get together or whatever you did naked. At least I hope you didn't. And your family hopes you didn't. Now, you came clothed. You came dressed appropriately for the occasion. And Paul addressed that, he, so, so he said, tells us in verse 9, or 8 rather. He says, you are to be of the day, so you're to be sober. Look at what he says to put on. He says, put on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of the hope of salvation. 
So he says, listen, if you're going to be my child and you're going to be ready for me to come back, you make sure you've got the right clothes on. Now, if Brother George was coming to my house and he's going to get me, he's going to take me hunting, I'm probably not going to wear a tie. I've got my good Snoopy Christmas tie on today because I'm ready for Christmas. I'm probably not going to wear a tie and a dress shirt to go hunting with Brother George. I'm going to put on some hunting clothes, maybe some old uh, pants and a, a flannel shirt and uh, find some old shoes or boots because I know I'm going to get dirty and muddy. And so Paul said, listen, if you're going to be ready for the occasion, you've got to dress appropriately for the occasion. And he says, how you dress and what you put on for being ready for the Lord coming is faith, hope, and love. In other words, you make sure you put on Christ and the difference that He's made in your life. And so that as you take the love of Christ that you've gotten from Christ and the hope of salvation that you got from Christ and the righteousness that you got not from yourself, you got it from Christ. So you put those things on and guess what? Everybody can see it. You can't hide it. And so Paul says, listen, you need to wake up, you need to be awake, you need to clean up, and you need to dress up, you need to be wearing the right stuff. Thursday was also not just a big turkey day, but it was also a big football day. Uh, Yesterday was another big football day. Uh, There were some disappointed folks among us on Thursday. And that uh, football game, there were some others that were happy about the outcome of that uh, football game. But those competing teams, it wasn't hard to tell what team they belonged to. And it wasn't hard to tell what side the fans were either. For you see, some of them had burgundy on. Whatever, maroon. Same difference. Others had on blue and orange. Red, whatever, same difference. Same difference. You could tell what it what really is old Mrs. Color. Blue and red, okay. That's that blue and red or maroon. Whatever, okay? And so there were not, you could tell. You could look at somebody, you can say, well, I wonder if they're pulling for Ole Miss, or I'm, you didn't have to wonder that. You could look at them, and you could tell. And I tell you that Paul says this, that you shouldn't have to open your mouth for anybody to know that you're a child of God. They should be able to look at you and tell. And by the way, he didn't say, make sure you put on a tie. Or ladies, make sure you put on a good long dress. He said, you make sure you put on hope 
and righteousness and faith and love. That's another sermon for another day. But Paul says, you dress up for the occasion. You make sure you've got the right stuff. And understand that if you know that you can dress up for occasions like going to dinner or going hunting or going to a football game, you know how to dress then. Paul says, you darn tootin' better know how to dress when the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is coming back. And when you're going to meet him. But here's the thing, we know what time that football game started uh, the other night. You knew what channel to watch if you wanted to watch it. You knew where to be if you were there live. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. And so Paul reminds them, listen, you ain't going to be able to run to the closet and get these things. So make sure you got them on all the time. So wake up, clean up, dress up, and then lastly, he says, speak up. He says, listen, we, God has given us salvation through Jesus Christ so that we live together for him. And then he says in verse 11, therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you're doing. So he said, listen, you're ready. Let people know. Especially let those of the household of faith know. Speak up to one another. Know that, hey, listen, this world, there's crazy stuff going on. Know that, hey, your team might have lost Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, or maybe even later today. It's okay. Guess what? The world's still turning. There's times when we're going through difficulties. Sometimes of our own making, sometimes beyond our control. And how important it is that we have people around us that love us and are supporting us and say, hey, listen, it's all right. Say, hey, Tim, there's always next year, buddy. He said, listen, you encourage one another. What do you encourage them with? God's word. With the love and faith and hope, those things that you've got on. Because you see the things about having those things and Jesus Christ coming into your life and making a difference. You can't keep it to yourself. It wasn't meant to be kept to yourself. It was meant to be shared. And that's why he says, listen, you need one another. You've got to be there for one another. You've got to live differently. You've got to wake up. You've got to be awake and alert and working for the things of God. You've got to be cleaned up. 
You've got to be dressed with the appropriate things. And those appropriate things, again, are righteousness, faith, and love. And then he says, you better not only dress up, but you better speak up. Because your word and your admonition, your encouragement might be just the thing that a brother or sister in the Lord needs to press on ahead. They may be feeling like giving up. And your encouragement or might help them to... It may be you the next day, though, that needs the encouragement. And so Paul says to us and asks us this question, Are you ready for the coming season? Are you ready? Are you up for him to come back again? Because understand, as we celebrate Christmas this next month, it only is a reminder to us that just as surely as Jesus came the first time, he's coming again. And we need to make sure that we're absolutely ready. And when we have, when we are ready, it changes how we live. It changes how we look. And it changes how we behave. So God will help us with that and challenge us with that and help us to be ready. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Thank you that you did not appoint us to wrath, but you appointed us to salvation. And Lord, that salvation does not come from ourselves; It only comes from you. Lord, we've been reminded today that as surely as you came the first time, you're coming again. Lord, we ask the question, are we ready? Maybe there's one here today, they've never trusted in you. They've never received that free gift that you gave. Would you help them today to receive that free gift? Lord, maybe you're challenging one of your children's hearts today. Lord, that they maybe need to wake up or maybe they need to clean up. Maybe they need to put on the right things. Or maybe it's that they need to speak up for you. Lord, help us to always be ready, as Peter says, to give an answer for the hope that's in us. And that hope is not in things of this world. It's not in stuff. But it's in you. So help us, we pray. Fred, let's stand together and we're going <coughs> to sing just as I am.